Good morning, and welcome back to Pastor Pete's podcast. Um, I want to welcome. This is episode two of our walk through the book of James, or maybe we should say a walk with James through the book in the Bible. Anyway, um, either way, I just want to welcome all of you back. Those who you are listening, and those who aren't, well, you can open up your Bible and read the book of James. Anyway, um, I'd like to welcome again welcome everybody back um let's do a a a prayer and then we'll get into talking a little bit about well the book of james Um, lord i just lift up all my listeners i lift up all my brothers and sisters in christ um i just pray that the the words that i'm speaking from your word would um, reach into their hearts and that your spirit would help them to learn and understand more about what you would have them to know about what it means to walk the life of a Christian. Uh, We thank you so much for the gift of your son, who in all things are possible. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So just to give a little recap, um, we discussed a little bit about the book of James and its background. Remember, James, we're talking about James, the brother of Jesus, not James, the apostle. James, the apostle, was martyred in 44 AD, and this letter was thought to be written around somewhere between 69 to 70 AD, possibly 62 AD. And anyway, this James uh, was the uh, leader of the church in Jerusalem, and he was writing primarily to Jews because at that time, most Christians primarily were Jewish converts to Christianity. I shouldn't even say converts. I should say that they were transformed because we are all transformed, right? Uh, anyway, uh, through through the life and acceptance of Christ. Anyway, he was the uh, leader of the church in Jerusalem, and um, he wrote this letter to those who were be, being persecuted uh, and scattered throughout the uh, Western world or the Western Christian Christian world, I should say. Not that it's more like the Middle East, but not really the Western world. Anyway, in chapter one, we, we talked a little bit, well, we talked about um, faith and some of the definitions of faith and, and understanding what faith does for us. And throughout the whole book of James, there is that theme of faith. Uh, you cannot go through James without getting a strong feeling of, of the message of faith and, and what it does to us and for us. And we talked a little bit about, we went through verses uh, one through four in chapter one. We talked about what it meant to be considering it joy, that joy, again, was not equated with happiness. Happiness is a tiny, tiny piece of joy. And remember, pure joy, the word, the Greek word was kara and the word used here in this particular place was karan or karan i should say my my uh, koine greek is uh, at least the pronunciation probably isn't as good as maybe some esteemed scholars would say um like my dad would say about my german he would say garbage but anyway um uh, that's that's neither here nor there it's just a uh, dad you know, I'm, I'm hoping that you're in heaven and that I'll see you again. Uh, you were a perfectionist, but you taught me a lot. Anyway, uh, I digress. And as you will learn that from listening to my podcast, that that happens to be one of my faults. I digress a lot. But one of the the the, the definitions that I saw that uh, online that I thought was one of the best definitions for joy was 
Joy is the deep down sense of well-being that abides in the heart of the person who knows all is well between himself and the Lord. I can't think of a better definition of joy. So anyway, um, we're going to move forward now, and we're going to pick up chapter 1, verse 5. Actually, this is verses 5 through 8. Um, it states, uh, if, starting in verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Ask God for wisdom and believe. God will give it freely and won't think you stupid for asking. He wants to be your father. He is your father. He wants you to accept him as your father, and he's the perfect father. He's not your earthly father. He is your perfect father in heaven who created you, but decided to take the role as fathers and children. Powerful stuff there. Um, so continuing, God will give you freely and won't think you stupid for asking for the wisdom, wisdom and believe. How many times? Have I made stupid mistakes by not asking? I can't count. I can't count. Uh, my family might be able to count for you. As a matter of fact, they, they might be keeping a sl slight journal that says the stupidity of dad. <laughs> anyway, I don't think they are. But it's just bad humor. I guess it's a dad joke, as my kids would say. Anyway, um, how many times have I made stupid mistakes by not asking? Come on. How great is it able is it to be able to have a dad that wants you to ask him about your thoughts and won't be accusing, sarcastic, or condescending, or judgmental when you ask? He also, not just your father, but he's the creator of everything and is omniscient. And omniscient means that he knows everything. Omni means all, and scient means uh, knowledge, knowing everything. We get our word science, scientific, just he knows everything. And his answers, and here's the great thing, God who is perfect, his answers will be always be the right ones. Now, we might not feel in our perspective that they're right ones, but God's answers are always the right ones. And sometimes they, they, they don't feel good, his answers. But again, we have faith and we trust and we believe that his answers are the right answers for us. If you believe that well, he will give you wisdom to make the right choices, he will give it to you generously. What father doesn't want his children to make right choices, right? Make good choices. You know, that's all, you know, somebody leaves the house and it's like, make good choices, you know? And one of the things I always say, remember who you are and what you stand for. It's the same thing as saying, make good choices, but, that's it. You know, if you're putting what you do before God and asking him the wisdom to make the right choices, he's going to give it to you. But here's the kicker for it. You got to believe it. You got to believe and trust that he will give it to you, that he will give you that wisdom that you need. Don't doubt that he would give it to you. Don't ever doubt. Doubt is a dangerous thing. Doubt is 
almost like uh, fear, tantamount fear. Doubt is wrapped up in fear. It's wrapped up in pride. It's wrapped up in all these kinds of things. It's like, is God enough? That that's where doubt come in. Will will God do what He promises to do? Yes, He will do what He promises to do. Too long, too long. I've doubted it, and 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 too many times I doubt. How much fuller could my life have been if I hadn't doubted? The other hand of that is, who knows? And honestly, who cares? What is done is done. Remember Romans eight twenty eight. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This includes wrong choices. If it didn't, I would be in a world of hurt. Now, it doesn't imply that you can go on making wrong choices willy-nilly all you want, and God's going to fix it for you. No, sometimes he lets us suffer the consequences, and sometimes he lets us fall flat on our face. So what, what can we do when we're flat on our face? Well, we turn over and we look up. But but honestly, when, when you make wrong choices, when you make wrong choices, um, he helps you through it. He works through it. And you trust him. And you continue. And you pick up. You get yourself back up. Allow God to pick you back up. And you repent of the wrong choices that you made. And you seek him out in the future. That's what it means to be human. Anyway, so what... So, what are the consequences then of unbelief and doubt? Well, the consequences are no wisdom. And what does no wisdom mean? No wisdom means wrong choices. And wrong choices bring about instability. You end up constantly warning against indecision and fears of the storms of life. It says, like it says in verse, verse, uh, verse six. In verse six, it it says, um, "Like the waves in the sea, blown and tossed by the wind." I, you know, do you know that song um, where the, the line that says, "Let go, it is well. Let go, my soul, and trust in Him." The waves and winds still know His name. Wow, that when that song when it gets to that point. It brings tears to my eyes. Why does it bring tears to my eyes? For two reasons. One, because there are times when I don't let go too often. And the other times is is that it gives me the hope of expectation, knowing that God is in control, even when there are stormy winds. But I've got to seek him trust him and ask for quiet when i'm when i'm when i'm walking through a fog and i don't know and believe me life brings fog to, to us all and i don't know what direction i'm in i can't even see the direction to go i ask god for wisdom and he will light my path other verses you know that such as thy word lamp lamp upon your feet all those things so how so we're talking about faith here and belief here that's going to guide us and help us. How do we attain that faith and belief? Well, some of it is given directly by God as a gift, and some must be requested, and some is achieved through perseverance. In Mark 9, verse 21, remember the story about uh, the, the boy who was possessed, and uh, the father came to him and said, help us. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? And from childhood, the father answered, it, it has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. 
But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. This is a cry of desperation. And Jesus said, if you can, like you doubt me, if you can. And Jesus says, if you can. And then he says, everything, everything is possible for one who believes. And immediately the boy, the boy realized, he, he, the boy's father, I'm sorry, the boy's father realized, and he exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. So he had that will, that willful belief that you know, he believed in his heart and his, and his mind, he believed, but there is that fleshly will that has unbelief in it because it doesn't want to trust something that it can't control. Uh, your flesh wants to control everything. And so he says, help me overcome my unbelief. Powerful words, powerful, powerful words. How many times do we need to ask for help to overcome our unbelief? When we know we believe, I mean, we're, we're Christians and, and we think and we say, yeah, I believe this. I believe this. But there's a part of me that doesn't help me overcome my belief. Understand. The boy's father understood his own heart that, remember, the whole Bible, the whole Bible from Genesis 1 to, and I don't know the last, forgive me, I don't know the last exact verse of Revelation. It's all about the heart. God wants our hearts. He wants to dedicate our hearts. And so in that case, he, the boy's father knew his own heart helped me overcome my belief. We should all pray that. Start out the day. We start out the day with the, the Lord's Prayer and then continue with, Lord, help me overcome my unbelief. And 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 mean it. Don't just say it by rote, mean it. Anyway, Ephesians 2, Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 8, Paul tells us, For it is grace you have been faith, saved. Uh, for it is by grace, sorry, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. So there it's faith is being given directly as a gift. But remember, in the, 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 the faith was asked for by, you know, help me my unbelief. That's asking for the faith, asking for more faith. Help me in my unbelief. And then in Romans 10, Paul says, verse 16, but not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, this is it. Faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Wow. So we got faith. We ask for faith. We ask for, we're given faith as a gift from God. and then. Um, then faith is attained through belief, through perseverance. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and message is heard through the word about Christ. Really incredibly powerful stuff that we're, we're, we're learning a little bit here while we're learning a lot about faith and wisdom and moving on and how we, how we need to understand that um, more and more. It is, it is such a critical thing in our walk with God to understand faith and how it works. Well, in verse 9, uh, James goes on to say, believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation 
since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. It blossoms, falls, and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away while they go about their business. C.S. Lewis, I'm sure you've heard about the Narnia books. He's also a renowned Christian author. One of his best books I've ever read was uh, mere Christianity, and if you haven't read it, I suggest you do. But anyway, in the in his fictional books, uh, the, uh, one of the Narnian books, uh, Prince Caspian, he says he says uh, to um, Caspian because Caspian finds out that you know his ancestry are pirates and robbers, and then and then Aslan, Aslan, the 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 Christ-like um, uh, kind of equivalent in the books, he says to him. You come with the Lord Adam and the Lady Eve, said Aslan, and that is both honor enough to erect the head of the poorest beggar and shame enough to bow the shoulders of the greatest emperor on earth. Be content. So here it is. He's saying, look, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're a king or a believer. I'm sorry, a king or a beggar. It doesn't really matter because you are my creation. And and in this case, you know, for where James was talking about, believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. Yeah, they are created in God's image. What higher position can you ask for? And then the rich who have a tendency to uh, place their faith and place their their status of who they are, um, they should they should feel that you know just because they're rich uh their 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 riches will pass away like a wildflower is what he's saying take pride in their humiliation in other words if 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 you're actually in a lowly state not perhaps in a uh, uh economic position but you are in a in a because you're human because you're fallen there is pride in that as well not pride as in hubris but pride in 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 who god has made you um uh, the thing is weird is it does seem somewhat dissonant uh, that James would write this at this place in the letter. I mean, first we're talking about, you know, tossed by the winds and we're talking about faith and unbelief and he who lacks wisdom. Then he jumps into this thing. Well, you know, you shouldn't, you know, just because you, 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 if you're a believer, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, you know, whether you're rich or poor. There's pride in it and there's humility in it, and we should not place any uh, any strength in the uh, uh, riches or in our not having any riches, and it, because those riches are just earthly things that'll pass away. Well, that's James saying to us, "Look, you're created in God's image. That's 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 the greatest enough thing in itself. God claims you as His children. That's enough to to uh, to to give you." To lift your head up and it doesn't matter what you have here on earth because it's just going to go away again even in that statement there is that underlying idea of faith faith in who you are in christ jesus it lifts you up and humbles you at the same time so um so it does fit in humble circumstances means that God is taking them through trials to grow them and mature them. And so they should see that as an honor that God would see that they have potential to do his good works. The same token, the rich who are already blessed are either 
not ready to be trained and should be humbled by that. They should not place their faith or hope in material goods or outward appearances or fame or any other things that make them seem by the world above the status of others. They should have the attitude that God has taken them to a place that God is taking them to a place where they are able and equipped to do or help others to do his works. Remember, God freely gives and some people he blesses more so that they can go and turn and bless others. It's not for ourselves. The gifts we have are not for ourselves, whether they're spiritual gifts, monetary gifts, material gifts. Yes, we take some for ourselves because we need them as in food and water and, and, and money. But if we if God blesses us with an abundant, that means there's somebody nearby that is not blessed and needs a blessing. And wow, what a privilege that God uses us to bless others. I mean, that in itself should be a humbling thing that God would take somebody who's rich in their circumstances and take them and allow them to bless other folks that are not. And those who are not rich and those who are not, who, who may be in very uh, poor circumstances, maybe monetarily, maybe physically, maybe in in the, the just the place where they are in life uh, politically, you know, like like some of the folks in, in those countries where Christianity is, is a death sentence, that they can take faith in that too, because they could take faith over a father who created them and loves them just as much as the rich people that, that have a lot more than him, loves them and, and wants the best for them. Um, God reigns on those, God reign, will reign on those who he chooses to. He reigns both on the rich and the poor, on the evil and the good. His reign, his reign will flow and it doesn't matter. Well, um, I think this would probably be a good place to to stop our walk. Remember, we're just taking a rest. We're not discontinuing our walk. We're taking a little rest till I get back with you next time. And next time we're going to pick up with verse verse 12. Um, I appreciate you all listening. Those who are, again, those who are listening. So let's close out with prayer and then. Um, Next time, episode three, we will again pick up with verse 12. God bless you all. Uh, Lord, thank you for this time. I'm able to hopefully communicate your word to those around us. I pray for all my brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world, whether they're suffering, whether they're being blessed, whether they're mourning, whether they're uh, grieving or they're, or they're facing trials, whatever it is that they're facing, Lord God, I pray that you would pour a blessing of peace, comfort, healing and a knowledge, a strength and a faith and the knowledge uh, that you're in control and help us all in our unbelief. Help us all to place our trust and belief in the ultimate, omniscient, all-loving, all-knowing, all-caring Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Bye now.